Yeah, it, uh, just so so much stuff. I mean, I I already knew how much Bruce Lee. Obviously, we're talking about the fighting games, mm-hmm. like how much yeah influence there is there. But oh, yeah. like from this movie specifically, there's a lot of other in a, in a bunch of other stuff. There's just there's so much mm-hmm. um, references and things that. Um, that just pop up all over pop culture, not even just in movies, but in TV. I mean, I know you're a big fucking uh, Family Matters fan now, <laughs> and Urkel goes through the transformation machine oh, and yeah. comes out as Bruce Lee. Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Carl. Oh, he does? He does, too, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. All right, let's get into this one, too. All right, uh, let's, let's play it again, man. You must remember this. Just a kid. Good morning, Vietnam! You're gonna need a bigger boat. Erica! 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 Hasta la vista, baby. What's up, everybody? It's Steven here. What's up? It's Jason. And uh, we are going to do a little movie called Enter the Dragon, mm. starring Bruce Lee and John Saxon, as well as Jim Kelly and Shi Kine, I believe his name is. Uh, it was originally released in 1973, and it was directed by Robert Klaus. Had a budget of only $850,000 and ended up grossing $400 million. <laughs> Which, considering the last episode we were talking about Rocky, which is, like I said, one of the most iconic movies of all time, uh, was shot for a little less than a million dollars, give or take, and made $225 million. For this movie to come out at this time with, you know, a mostly Asian cast, Mm -hmm. um, very few American actors in it, and make this kind of money just tells you... One, that people, even back then, are willing to sit through movies that don't necessarily reflect them but two like just how magnetic of a star bruce lee was oh yeah um but yeah let's uh start at the beginning like we always do and talk about when we first remember seeing this movie well this one is probably the most um like burned in my memory yeah you 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 struggle a lot of the time to figure out when or where you saw movies yeah um, but you told me about this one the other day, and it's it seems very significant to you. This one, yeah, man. I all right. So it was a, it was a Saturday afternoon. You remember what day it was? Yeah, oh, well, because my dad was home. Yeah, yeah, and he worked you know Monday through Friday. Yeah, and was always you know gone four in the morning, come back like six seven at night. So mm-hmm. yeah, this was definitely a Saturday uh, afternoon. Um, I was probably between 8 to 10 years old. Nice. Um, and my dad was on the couch, and he's watching the scene of when Lee has infiltrated the the lair for the second time. Mm-hmm. And now, But now the guards are onto him, so they're attacking him, and he's beating the shit out oh, of all so of them. Oh, so it's pretty close to the end almost. Yeah. And, and I'm sure I had walked past it before, obviously, you know, in and out of the house, but I don't remember, yeah. you know, that. I just remember... Coming from the kitchen, getting something to drink, and then running back outside to go play. And before I go past uh, my dad, he stops me and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, wait, wait!" 
He's like, watch this part. Watch this part right here. And I had never seen the movie before. Mm-hmm. And you knew who Bruce Lee was, though? Um, like Vate? I like think Vate so, Vate? yeah. You know, from like pop culture yeah, and yeah. shit. And maybe my dad talking about it. But he had never showed me the movie. Yeah. Like, sat me down and watched it. Um, and so I'm walking past behind him. And he stops me. Hey, Jason, wait, wait, wait. He's like, watch this part. Mijo. He's like, watch this part right here. And it's the part when, when he's like has the two sticks. Yeah. And then he puts them down. Or, or the guy attacks with the nunchucks, and then he grabs them, and it's right in that scene, like the most perfect scene. Yeah. And, and I knew what my dad was doing because he knew that that part was coming. And um, so he stops me. And he's like, "Watch this part." He's, he's like, "He's gonna fuck these guys up right now." And I was like, <laughs> "All right." Thing to say to a t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And, and you know, I was already in love with action movies by yeah, this point. Yeah, of course. And um, and so he, you know, does this thing, whoops their asses. And then I was just blown away. I was just, like, I had seen a bunch of action movies like that before, like I said, but nothing like this. And I was fucking just floored. And then I remember I was like, all right, well, fuck my friends outside. <laughs> I went and sat down next to him and watched the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And from that day forward, I was hooked on Bruce Lee, yeah. like millions of other people. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, after that, I I was just hooked on Bruce Lee. And then uh, I would do fake kung fu fake martial arts in the garage yeah you know and then just try and be like him and and then i finally watched the movie you know in its entirety later on um probably not too long after that and then yeah i've just been a fan ever since and then it influenced me you know throughout my life to learn martial arts and then i found out what the art was that's incredible that he's actually doing you know that that he developed which is jeet kune do Mm -hmm. And then that inspired me to learn it, which I eventually did. It took like 10, 12 years, but yeah. I finally did. Mm-hmm. I can talk about that later on if you want. But Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. It's fucking super interesting. Um, so f- for me, uh, like we said, I, I think I had seen, I don't know, clips of Bruce Lee stuff. Obviously, it wasn't – there was no YouTube. There was no internet back then yeah. or anything. But just – Cultural references, stuff like on old – because I used to watch like behind the scenes, any stuff that would come on. My uncle would always be using blank VHS tapes and sometimes he always showed me a trick with regular VHS tapes that you didn't like. There's a little plastic indent on there and if you filled it with – we used to use paper towels or something. You could record over whatever was on there. So if we had a movie where nobody watched and we didn't have a blank tape and yeah. something was coming on, we would we would record over shit like that. Nice. And um, so I, I had seen – was aware of Bruce Lee. Is obviously, you know, word of mouth was a lot different back then. That's what you really, what mm-hmm. you really saw and obviously the Family Matters stuff. But it wasn't until I was like – I want to say like 11 or 12 um, – when AMC became a network on on cable, uh, they did this whole like week, like a Shark Week, but of, of like all Bruce Lee stuff. Oh, nice! And so I got my fill, like all of it, all at once. Yeah. My uncle had been planning on recording because he was always looking through the TV guide, making sure what was going to be on, when it was going to be on, and uh, he he was already recording these things. But I would come home after school because um, my house was really far away. So I would go to my grandma's house until my mom picked me up later on. So I, I'd show up there and he'd be watching old movies that he would show me Godzilla movies or whatever. And this week they were having, they were showing fucking enter the dragon, way of the dragon, big boss, fucking Chinese connection, like all these movies. And then they had a documentary at the end 
uh, about the game of death, and then they they stitch together pretty much the only bits that he filmed, yeah. which is the last the part, last part yeah. going up the tower um, at the end. And so I watched all these movies in succession, and I was just like, holy yeah. shit, this is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had seen kung fu movies, and at this point I had already seen Jackie Chan and stuff, Rumble in the Bronx and everything, but yeah. obviously those movies are like com- comedy, yeah. like martial arts, whereas this was like... He's taking himself seriously. Yeah, yeah. and... I just remember thinking, like, this guy, you know, you hear the legend of Bruce Lee being a young kid or just anybody who doesn't know about him. Mm -hmm. And then to see him on screen and, like, how fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Cool as a fucking cucumber, man. Just so fucking cold. Uh, It it was just amazing. And I just remember watching those movies. I was just running those fucking VHS tapes over and over again. Um, And then over the years... uh, I they I stopped going over to my grandma's house a lot and stopped watching them. And this one, I, I'm pretty sure it's been about 10, 15 years since I've wow. seen this movie. Um, or, or any of them, really. But for, like, a few years, I would just watch these movies, you know, just randomly on repeat. And it was it was great, man. I, I just... I fell in love with Bruce Lee. Like, he, he's... And just the legend of him. And, like... And then later on, growing up, going online and seeing like interviews of him mm. and like just all the yeah. fucking crazy shit that he used to do and that's something people should do if they like are, are a you know a blanket bruce lee fan but mm. like which i have never met someone who's not yeah um do a deep dive on on his interviews and stuff his that, interviews that, that and great to, like to books to. written about him and yeah. stuff like his philosophy on life and like his filmmaking and martial arts yeah. and everything it not only is it absolutely incredible but it's incredibly inspiring and enlightening um it's it's very philosophical the way he there's never been anyone like him since yeah as far as like being an like actor you know martial artist yeah philosopher i would say the emphasis on the word artist because i mean martial arts you're a martial artist but he was a filmmaker and an actor and and you know, he choreographed choreograph a bunch of shit. The notes that I would see, like, in the documentaries of his, like the way he wanted the fights to look oh, and, yeah. and uh, where the cameras needed to be mm-hmm. and everything. You know, he's really collaborating with Robert Klaus on this film. Mm-hmm. Like, it's he's an incredible person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucks that we lost him so 33. soon. 33. Yeah. Dude. Insane. Our we're, age. We're, we're older than he is yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, than he ever was, and what he did at by that age was insane. Insane, yeah, insane. Uh, makes you wonder, was he murdered, dude? Yeah, I think about that all the time. There's a lot of speculation. I don't want to get into conspiracy yeah. theories, but, but yeah. where he would be if he would have lived? Oh, dude, yeah. By now, so many incredible, iconic movies. Yeah, all the dope movies that would have had him as like an older master. And it's not. And it's like, not like. Uh, Jerry's brought this up a lot about uh, rock stars who have died young. Like, do you really want to see, like, because when you see, like, the Rolling Stones and, like, everybody, like, on stage at the Super Bowl or something, it's like, do you really want to see those fucking rock stars fucking geriatrically, like, on stage, like, playing that music now? Whereas, like, a martial artist and an actor like that, like, you get better with age and, like, you, you are more revered, whereas, like, old old musicians like that it's kind of just sad seeing you mm-hmm. up, up on there just i think i think bruce lee would have if he would have lived into his you know 
like or still been alive till till now because it's very possible that he still could be you know he wouldn't yeah, have been that yeah. old he would have been in his 80s you yeah know, but still um you know maybe he would have walked away from acting and like the action parts of of act of of you know film he would have started directing movies yeah definitely he would have started Direct, fucking, directing for sure and yeah. and the i mean the amount of grit that he had towards filmmaking and being an artist, I think there is, I mean, 33, I think there was a monstrous amount of room for him to improve oh, as yeah. just an actor yeah, yeah. In, in general. He would have tried some other roles maybe. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and, and you know, Hollywood pigeonholed him a lot. I mean, uh, there's a famous story about Kung Fu, the show starring Kevin yeah. Carradine, like being his like idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, oh, we can't make a show with a fucking Asian dude like playing it. Yeah, a an, an Asian dude. So we'll get a white guy to do it. Um, but then he lands Cato on on Green Hornet. Yeah. Um, but he's a sidekick on there yeah. and has his face covered. Yeah, yeah, so pretty much like, the whole time. So it's it, so it's um, it's it's insane to think like his success going forward in, in movies and everything like that. What his career would have been, mm-hmm. you know, and how and you know because. Recently, uh, there's a movie that came out last year called Everything Everywhere All at Once, yeah, and it stars it, uh, it stars um, God. His name is escaping me right now. Um, something Quan. I can't remember his name, but he played Data, he played Short Round in in, in Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. and he played Data in in the Goonies. And he talks about uh, after those movies, his career went away because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to cast Asian actors or anything. Yeah, and it wasn't until. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians came out that he felt that, oh, maybe Hollywood's changed and things are different now. I could get a job. And then he does this movie that has so much praise from last year. And he's fucking absolutely amazing in the movie. Yeah. Um, you wonder, had Bruce Lee not died and been able to carry on the way he did, how he would have changed the market oh, yeah. um, a lot for, sooner. for Asian actors way sooner than it, yeah. than it happened. Because that was his whole, his whole uh, fight was was yeah. that from that early on that mm-hmm. he's like man he's like we don't get the fucking respect yeah the praise that we deserve and he goes well then i mean that's why he left america mm-hmm. to make movies in china because mm-hmm. he's like well fuck you guys you know he goes i'm gonna come back though he's like i'm gonna come back and he came back with arguably the biggest action movie you know or yeah yeah you know at the time for how long you know until whatever next big action movie yeah um i mean there's a there's a lot of good ones in this not even real action movies i think action movies really become a precedent in the 80s so there's a there's a big gap from 73 and there are actually i don't want to say there's not good action movies in the 70s but Mm -hmm. a lot of them walk the line of like dramas that have action in them and stuff like that so um yeah it's it's pretty pretty incredible especially something that successful $850,000 to 400 million is fucking insane yeah. especially in 1973 yeah. like that's fucking I th- and I thought it was crazy. later but 1973 yeah yeah fuck um let's talk about the cast really quick uh, a lot of these people I know most of us haven't uh seen in a lot of other stuff but we got to talk about them a little bit obviously we've been talking about Bruce Lee for this yeah. whole time um one of i mean just just so great um and like i said i mentioned his other movies big boss chinese connection mm-hmm. uh fist of fury fist of fury way of the dragon mm-hmm. uh just fucking awesome awesome movies 
incredible movies. He was like I said, he was Cato on on the Green Hornet. Um, he was on a show called Long Street as well. That I did not know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, and he was in a bunch of movies as a kid too. Yeah, that's what I've that's what yeah. I've read. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, but I, I don't know any yeah. of those ones. Well, I don't either. But yeah, he was in a bunch because uh, his dad was a, was an actor. He was yeah, a yeah, theater yeah. actor, and that's the whole reason why he was born in in San Francisco. Yeah, it's because his dad's traveling uh, group of actors and stage actors were in San Francisco. Oh, okay. When, when yeah, his, yeah. His wife was pregnant with Bruce Lee. So that so that explains that show. Uh, have you seen that show on HBO? Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. 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 That show's pretty cool. Um, then we got John Saxon, who's kind of like the second lead of the movie, mm. who plays Roper. Uh, he's been in a lot of shit, too. I know him mostly from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He plays the main character's dad. Mm. And then he shows up again in Wes Craven's new Nightmare uh, about a decade later. But he's also in movies like uh, Joe Kid with uh, Clint Eastwood and the Appaloosa, a bunch of old westerns, a um, bunch of stuff from the from the early from the early. 60s and stuff like that uh beverly hills cop three he's in that oh, one i've never even seen that one you've never seen that one really i only care about part two. Oh, okay well <laughs> it's the best one all right yeah i guess yeah i guess you're right i have to watch those ones again because i remember watching beverly Hills cop one more than two I'm, i don't even think i've seen that one in its entirety really yeah what the fuck? That's why I watched two, and I was like, "There's no That's way." Weird. I was like, "There's no way <laughs> any of these are funnier weird. than this." Uh, okay, then we also got Jim Kelly, who is great in this movie as Williams, but I really haven't seen him in it. I'm pretty sure he's in a bunch of other shit in the '70s. Yeah, uh, Black uh, Black Belt Jones, <laughs> Hot Potato, Black Samurai, Death Hell Dimension, yeah. bunch of other martial art films movie with jim brown uh called one down two to go which i actually which i actually do remember watching uh we watch these movies man dude we should we should do like a a black sportation i'm down uh that would be really cool um but yeah he's in a bunch of shit he's he's I, i really like him in this movie yeah uh super duper like chill chill vibes you believe that he's a fighter too yeah. obviously he was a martial artist but was, yeah. you know just uh just really cool um and arguably the inspiration for black dynamite oh yeah without a doubt yeah, yeah. especially the sounds he makes yeah bolo young who plays oh, bolo yeah. in this movie obviously he's the we know him as the villain in Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. A very prolific uh, martial art actor. Um, been around for many, many years. Uh, kind of like a bodybuilder, apparently. He was, yeah. Um, I dub- thought he was Korean, but he's from Hong Kong. Double Impact with uh, Van Damme again as well. Uh, just a bunch of stuff. Apparently, he's in a movie called Bolo in <laughs> 1977 that I did not know about. Uh, he's... Absolutely fucking terrifying, and pretty oh, much yeah. everything that he's in, dude. It's his face. It's, man. His face is really scary. Yeah. And then you you put his head on top of the build that he yeah. has. It's just like that guy's gonna. And he doesn't say more than like two words. Yeah, in like anything. And that that's the scariest part. Is like he just doesn't speak. Yeah. So he can, but he doesn't need to. <laughs> um, yeah, a bunch of other people in here. That I've never uh, that heard I've about. never heard of. Uh, obviously, Shi Qin, who plays Han in this movie. Everybody else is prolific, very much yeah. in uh, in uh, the Chinese market. But yeah. um, I'd say Robert Wall is worth mentioning. 
Okay. Just because as far as a martial arts, you know, world goes, he was a re- actual real uh, martial artist. Karate champion. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. He plays O'Hara. Karate and uh Tong Sudo, which is a form of Taekwondo. Nice. Um yeah, we can move on from the cast from there. I mean, we could talk about more people that are in this movie, yeah, but we, we would we would be doing them a disservice cuz we don't know their careers no. as well. Um, so then from there, let's just, uh, jump into the actual film. Um, obviously, uh, yeah, this, this movie is fucking really cool. And, uh, Jerry mentioned it downstairs. This movie has a cold open, which not a lot of movies in the seventies had, uh, cold open being you have a opening scene and then it abruptly ends. And then we get the opening credits, mm-hmm. uh, to the movie. I mean, there are movies in the '70s that do have it, but this one seemed very distinct and stood out stood out to us when we were watching it downstairs. Uh, what uh, I know, you have a lot to say about this movie, so go go for it. Um, it's just you know, this isn't the only movie that that really. So part part of the 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 thing that Bruce Lee wanted to to do in his movies, from what I've read and heard and seen in, in documentaries and stuff. Yeah. Uh, is that he wanted to not only show and portray a different, like face of Asian actors or particularly Chinese actors. Yeah. He wanted to, to display his martial arts, which mm-hmm. is perfect. What, what better way than in movies and, and the philosophy behind it and, you know, touching on, um, the things he learned from various masters that he learned from yeah. in his childhood. And, and it, it's a perfect medium to do that yeah. because, you know, you could take somebody to a martial arts tournament and they could see and, and have that wonderment, but they don't understand yeah. the philosophy behind mm-hmm. it, the discipline and stuff like that. So it it, it gives you a, a, a piece of storytelling to be able to do that. And that's why that beginning scene when, when he's at the temple mm-hmm. is perfect. And he's he's talking about that, you know, the... The whole when he's walking with the with the master, um, and he's telling him, you know, when there's an opportunity to hit, I don't hit. It hits all by itself, mm-hmm. and that is essentially one of the 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 things they they show you in martial arts. And he really coined in in Jeet uh, Kune Do and talking about, you know, if the opportunity that is there, like like I, you shouldn't even be thinking. You know, yeah, he's like he's like should. I'm not thinking, but not dreaming either, yeah you don't know? think yeah it should just do it by yourself yeah. you know just do it like it, it should you should be able to do it with your eyes closed mm-hmm. you know and that's why you know famously and you know it's it seems like bullshit that like in you know certain movies where they b- blindfold the guy yeah yeah but like yeah i mean you should be able to feel and like not okay you're not gonna beat the shit out of 10 dudes with yeah of course not but i mean there's there's literal videos of boxers where they have like blindfolds on or they're not looking and they're they're like swing they're swinging a fucking yeah. ball back and forth and yeah. they're and just yeah. the the muscle memory the of, muscle memory yeah. of you know moving back and forth and, yeah. ti- and timing and knowing like the mm-hmm. pace of stuff yeah it's the feel and and you know that's not just Jeet Kune Do or kung fu or wing chun it's martial arts in general yeah because also, another art that that says that you can try that with is jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You can close your eyes and roll with somebody, and you essentially don't need to fucking see what you're doing. Yeah, you can. You could. Fe- you, you can, can feel, feel it. Yeah. yeah, and you feel the pressure. You feel where they let up and where you go. You know where their arms are. Mm-hmm. You know where their legs are. You can feel that shit. And and in a, a martial art that's so coarse 
close quarters, you're not really looking at what the rest of their limbs are no. doing. You, you, you're feeling for yeah. everything. Yep. Yeah. And because you could have your back on the ground and feel somebody's leg move over you, yeah. and then you know that's you know. your opportunity to do something. Yeah, and that's why that's one of my favorite parts, and it's cool that it it starts with that. You know, it's mm-hmm. showing the the soft side of martial arts, essentially, yeah. like the the, the intellectual, like said, the intellectual, intellectual side of philosophical it. part. Yeah, and you know, some people argue that that's bullshit, but you know, I I don't think so. I think some people don't do martial arts is what it is. Yeah, you know, uh, but I'm I mean, like the dudes who do like. Uh, that are like super like meathead like oh yeah, like yeah. MMA yeah, or yeah. or for, for whatever you know like there's there's that shit matters you know I no, wouldn't it say does, it's it everything I wouldn't say it's everything you know because definitely not you, you can't have that and not like have hard training yeah yeah and the actual like technical sparring skill to do it and, yeah. you know that all that matters that's why there's the yin and, the yin yin and yang yeah. of it which is this movie you know and mm-hmm. um. So that that part I love, you know, he's talking with him, his master, and then he's teaching the kid. Yeah, his little protege that yeah. he's got. Don't think, feel. feel. Dude, I love his, just slapping him a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, before we move on from talking to his master, I love uh, the the line that he gives him, destroy the image. Oh, yeah. Destroy the image. And that's literally what saves him mm-hmm. in the end of the movie, uh, destroying the image. All the images of this fucking dude, he's breaking all the mirrors. Yeah. And it's just foreshadowing and just done in a very obviously i've seen the movie before so i'm like i knew to like oh write that down but like if you hadn't seen the movie before and you're like oh this is gonna come back and and less a lesser movie would have because there's a lot of dissolved memories especially when they're on the boat to go there a lesser movie would have dissolved back to that and repeated the line but this one you just naturally know his master said that to him and that's what he's that's what he ends up doing yeah um and how many other movies after that? that yeah, yeah. That? I mean, we could go on forever, but yeah. Um, I love that. I love... Uh, you, you guys were saying that, that the don't focus on the finger or you'll miss all the heavenly glory. Oh, yeah. It's, That's it's, a, it's, a, it's, a fam- from, it's a famous proverb. Uh, okay. I don't know who said it first. Proverbs are kind of like, you don't yeah. even know who the fuck said them. But uh, I first heard it... Well, I... First heard it here, but the first time I remember hearing it and being like, oh, that's actually pretty funny is uh, there's a French movie called Amelie. Mm. Um, and uh, this guy goes on like this run that that uh, this chick's leading him on kind of like a scavenger hunt around the city. Mm-hmm. And then he comes to like one of those uh, people that are pretending to be statues. And it's a guy oh. fucking uh, like pointing like this. Mm-hmm. And then the little girl, he's like doesn't understand what he's supposed to be looking at because he comes up to that. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And a little girl comes up to him. And yanks on him, and in French she tells him, "Oh, the fool stares at the finger that's pointing at the sun, or something like that." Oh. And then fucking he like looks at where the guy's pointing, and then he finds his next clue to go wherever. Oh. That was the first time I remember hearing it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Uh, and then when I heard it today, I was like, "Oh!" And then Jerry was like, "Oh yeah, it's a famous proverb." And oh, I was like, okay. "Oh shit, yeah." Yeah, and seeing that is another, you know, um, mirror of. Uh or display of Bruce Lee's intellect because he re- he read a lot. Yeah, yeah. And he took a lot of, you know, his quotes and things, like philosophies he would live his life by from famous, art, you know, authors. Yeah, and, and philosophers. Philosophers yeah. and, and, you know, that, that shit inspired him a lot. And I think that's dope that, you know, he would say something like that. Including in, in that. Yeah. And then even the, the context of the story, we were saying um, classic renegade student betrays the master and the young protege has to go defeat him. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure I've, I, this is done in 1973 and I have seen it done a bunch of times mm-hmm. since. Uh, there's an episode of Shamari Champlu like that. There's an episode of Batman the Animated Series like that, which in turn is also in the comics. Um, but I'm sure that that is a like age old tale in mm-hmm. Chinese philosophy in oh, yeah. Japan and everything, and everything else. Um, or not philosophy, but like, uh, like a fable or, mm-hmm. or story, uh, from, from the past. So just that, just the, I mean, this, the script was penned by Michael uh, Allen, Aylin, uh, but I can't imagine that Bruce Lee didn't have a lot to do with the story and uh, and kind of like the philosophies behind the entire the, the entire movie. Oh yeah, when I looked up facts about this movie because I, I figure this is a cool movie to look up facts. Oh for yeah, because for sure. There's probably so many you know myths behind this or that, mm-hmm. and you know shit lost over time. That exactly what you said. Number three was he clashed with the writer over the script. Yeah, I can so, imagine. Yeah, yeah, because uh, this is a, a an American production of a, of a film, yeah. and I can't imagine the studios. I mean, even though Bruce Lee was you know pulling some weight, then like them having a lot of pushback on like how he wanted things to be done and mm-hmm. how much he was collaborating with uh, Robert Klaus and everything on just the direction of the film in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, it's just, they'd want to, I, I imagine one of the big ones is, without reading that, is they want to Hollywood the fuck out of the movie. Oh, yeah, as much and, as possible. I mean, when at the end of the day, and it's still the case today, yeah. it's about profit margin. It's about your return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we're going to invest all this money on here, we have to do as much as possible to make it accessible to an American, especially back then, an American white audience. Yeah. Um, so we're going to put John Saxon as the guy that lives. I mean, obviously, I mean, Jim Kelly as, as Williams, one fucking gets harassed by the police. Yeah. He dies first, um, of all the good guys. Yeah. Actually, he's like the only good guy that fucking dies. Yeah. It's, it's Hollywood. Um, it's America. It's, it's, they're trying to get their, their white audience in Mm -hmm. the seats, um, as, as much as they can. So, uh, yeah. But definitely... With Jim Kelly in there, probably you know they probably saw, foresaw the black audience. Oh no, for sure, especially like 100%. at this time at the time. And you've mentioned before, obviously the black audience um, at the time were very much into kung fu films, mm-hmm. and we we see that transcend into like hip hop artists, fucking mm-hmm. Wu Tang, and yeah. and just a bunch of other people that had influences by it, and. Uh, I'm uh, so sure that they were aware of this, um, yeah. like demographic that were g- going to see this movie and wanted to see this movie, and I'm sure that pulled in pulled in some people. Yeah, and I'm sure there were those people were sitting in the theater like, "Ah, oh, what the fuck, man!" And then when he beats the shit out of the cops yeah. and steals their car, yeah, fuck yeah, because <laughs> that's I know I know that's how I was feeling yeah. when I was watching it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we we've talked a lot about how great this movie is, yeah. um, and we're barely at the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, this movie is not without its faults and its no, in, its, of in, its not. inconsistencies and how oh. stupid a lot of the shit is. Um, so basically, uh, so the the real reason Lee's going there is um, there's he's got a personal vendetta against Han who uh, betrayed the Shaolin Temple, yeah. and then also his fucking O'Hara or Ohana, his fucking minion. Uh, try to rape his sister, mm-hmm. and then she ended up killing herself. Yeah, 
Uh, and then there's the whole what government is that? Is it the British government? Yeah, I, yeah the British yeah. government wants to find out if Han has fucking uh, like drugs and shit on his island. So they're sending in Bruce Lee because they already know he's supposed to go, or they want him to go to the tournament as a guy's. But we were talking about it there. It's like, oh, we don't want any weapons to go in there, and this guy can't have any weapons. He doesn't have any weapons he has there. A fear of being assassinated. But we're worried about him having, having weapons, weapons there which is <laughs> like the gymnastics that they had to go through to to write that scene and yeah. to just be like all right this this is what we're doing this is what we're going with and then and then says oh i can get you whatever you want weapons yeah, yeah weapons electronics anything. uh why doesn't somebody just go in there with the 45 no guns no guns just, what did you mean by weapons a fucking and then, and then he says also about, art? about the uh how illegal it is in that zone yeah. to have weapons. And yeah. it's like a fucking football match of back and forth, weapon this, weapon <laughs> yeah. that. No, he can't have weapons. Oh, we got to see if he has weapons. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah, the 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 writing's not the strongest suit in this movie. No. Uh, but there's a lot of good to go around. Um, that, that, whole, that whole gun U-turn and everything was just fucking really, really funny. <laughs> um, then the movie starts moving forward a little bit faster. Yeah. Uh, we get all the cross dissolve memories. It's mm-hmm. classic seventies. There's a lot of seventies visual tropes in mm-hmm. this movie. Cross dissolves for the memories. Uh, all the fucking slow zooms, the speed zooms mm-hmm. in on people's faces and everything like that. Uh, is there anything that uh, anything else in there? Oh, what I did notice about uh, the movie this particular this particular version of the dvd that you have and i don't know if there have since been better ones that it's i've been listening to the the video the video archives podcast a lot um with quentin tarantino and roger avery i was telling you that downstairs and i wouldn't have noticed this but the the transfer of this of this film to dvd is from a 35 millimeter reel because you could see the cigarette burns in the corner which Mm -hmm. a lot of movies there's usually like uh like a digital analog version that they had for VHS or something. And then it's transferred to DVD. But this transfer specifically comes from a 35 millimeter print of yeah. it, which I thought was interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Oh, see, see, I noticed that the cigarette burns in the corner, but I never thought l- to look that. And see, I probably, I probably, that. I probably would have noticed them too and never thought that, but I've been listening to that podcast a lot and they, they bring mm-hmm. it up a lot because that, they're very much about watching all those movies on VHS oh, okay. and like what the tra- what like dude they go into what company released the VHS wow. what what studio released the video to or the film to ultra nerds a super, bunch of crazy shit it's ridiculous it's yeah. it's crazy um, before we go to I mean I already kind of skipped ahead of like the 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 first dissolved memory is him thinking about what his master told him yeah. about his sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Opinions on that scene? I know you. I know you were you were saying a few things. This is downstairs when they're sitting, when they're, and he's he's telling the memory of of what actually happened to his sister. Yeah. Oh, um, just the chase scene. The chase and all scene. That. Just <laughs> I don't know. It's there's one part of it that I actually really really enjoy, but what? it's what? very it's very quick. I mean, it's at the end of it. So um, I don't I don't have too many like oh man that was stupid or but um. I think it's just funny, like the the first when the guy tries to hug her oh, yeah. and, and like has like a big smile on his face. He's like really excited to rape this woman. It's like what? <laughs> it's like 
uh, it's like all his friends told him this is going to be the best day yeah. of his life, and he's uh, just like, and like she's in on it. Thank you so yeah, much yeah. for this. <laughs> like, the, like he was going to lose his virginity. Yeah. Like this girl knew it was up. It's like, no, dude, uh, what? And she just fucks them up. Yeah, she, you know, she, she holds it. She holds her job. own for a while, does and then she's got to book it. Yeah. Um, and then we get the cunty old lady who oh, God, closes yeah. the door on yeah. her. Um, just looks like a real bastard the whole time. Honestly, and I can I know what she's thinking. What did you do to piss these guys off? <laughs> yeah. Like you old bitch. Blaming the victim is yeah. what it is. Uh age old age old tale. Um no, the end of that, the uh, there's a great POV of her holding the glass and oh, seeing yeah, Ohana yeah. Ohana's face. Yeah. Uh it, it just it, uh, there's a lot of POV stuff, you know, Vanessa showed up and she made a comment about how kind of ridiculous some of the stuff is with the POVs, but I think yeah. that one is that really effective yeah. because you see you see Ohana's face and then it it the camera racks focus to the glass and then she pushes in yeah. and she kills herself. Um, that I think was really effective and just re- a really cool really cool POV shot. We should have seen a li- maybe a little blood drip from her hands. I think so too. Yeah, because the they cut they cut back to to that. Um, yeah, that would have been that would have yeah. been nice. And see. Uh, that's the thing is uh, censorship. Even back then, I think this is before like R-rated uh, mm-hmm. things. So there's not. It's not a bloody movie. There's no, it's really blood. not. Like it's really not. Pretty. You get blood on Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, a couple slashes. I, I would stuff. say like the most like violent looking thing is uh, when they when they show Williams hanging. Oh yeah, that part. It it it's like a hard. Yeah. Hard. Uh, because the rest of the movie martial arts, but usually even when people die, you mm-hmm. know the what did you call it? The buffalo stomp, uh, uh, or the bison stomp, the or something. Bron- bronco, bronco stomp. stomp, or something like that. Like all the a lot of it is off camera. Yeah, yeah. Whereas that part, it comes in and it and it really is kind of fucked up too. Yeah. Because they essentially lynched the man. Uh, yeah. And he's uh, obviously a black guy. Yeah. So that imagery on screen is pretty fucking yeah. pretty fucking terrible yeah. um yeah it's 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 pretty jarring especially like we said they don't really show that much violence in any in any other part of the movie mm-hmm. um besides the martial arts stuff on on camera at least uh obviously they're doing the cross dissolves to get to the big boat and then they get on the big boat mm-hmm. and then that that scene has one of my one of my favorite scenes uh, they're all meeting each other. Obviously, Roper and Williams know each other. Um, but one of my favorite scenes is always with uh, the character Parsons, who's just an absolute fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. Who kicks the oranges from that fucking poor guy and then kicks him. And then he wants to fight Bruce Lee. And first thing he goes up and asks him is, what's your style? <laughs> what's your style? My style? You can call it the art of fighting without fighting. The art of fighting without fighting? Show me some of it. Later. All right. Don't you think we need more room? Where else? That island on a beach. We can take this ball. What you said that part? I, I'm glad I don't remember because that way you can tell me again. You said that that part always pisses. Oh, okay. Well, that part always pisses you off because oh, because he's just such a fucking prick. And 
and he just goes around like bullying the fucking poor like fishermen on the boat yeah. or like um and not only they're going to an island, island to yeah, fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, "No, let's do it right here." And then Bruce, don't and you then think Lee's we need like, more room? Yeah, he's like, "That island, we can take this boat." And he's like, "Okay." And I'm like, "Dude, can't you wait?" Like, yeah. it, it, it seems like you're about to be at the fucking Kung Fu Island in like an hour. Yeah, like settle down. Yeah, like you can't wait that fucking bad. Like. To get your ass kicked? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he got beat up by fucking Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck would have Lee done to his yeah, ass? Yeah, would have destroyed yeah. him. Um, he got off light with him. Mm-hmm. Like, just fucking humiliating that him. Was, that was always... Uh, I know I mentioned it earlier, but the, I don't know why. Just I love fucking Bruce Lee's line reading. He's like, that island over there, we can take, take this it. boat. <laughs> I just fucking love that that line. And then obviously he's unbothered by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then obviously you kind of already know that he's shysting him a little bit. And he's like, all right, I'm going to untie it. You get in there. Mm-hmm. And then he fucking holds onto the line. And then that guy's just stuck in the boat until <laughs> yeah. they get back onto the island. It's just fucking cool. Like Bruce Lee is not above making this guy look like an asshole. No. But he's not going to fight this guy. Either. No. He's not. First of all, he's not worth his time. Second of all, he doesn't want to. He's not braggadocious. He doesn't want to. Yeah. Do any shit like that, um, which I thought was just was really cool. Um, it was always one of my favorite scenes. And he movie. displayed the art of fighting without fighting. Yes, he did. Yes, right he there. did. He and he wins the battle. Uh, <laughs> just fucking good. Yeah, that's that's great. He literally tells him the art We're of fighting, fighting without fight. fighting, and then <laughs> wins. Wins. It. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, after that, we get fucking. Um, we get William's memory of mm-hmm. him leaving and him beating the cops. That whole part is just it, – it pisses me off and then it gets better at the end because yeah. he obviously beats the shit out of those dudes and then <laughs> steals, their cop, uh, steals their cop car and it's just typical. And, and it's – I like that, be, especially in the two decades previous to this um, – Cops were always showed as like the good guys oh, and yeah. like everything like that, and this this scene really reflects, you know, the mm-hmm. cult, the culture, American culture, and you know how the police are with especially minorities, black people in, in particular, and it's just nice that he fucking you know yeah. resists arrest and gets away and steals her car, and then because, he's like, because what what is it they even stop him for? They just stop him, right? Just, black and they yeah. just go up and they're like you're oh not you're going, not going to hawaii yeah just but fucking for nothing right yeah no have, of course like, no like actual and you reason. know and you know what's funny about that too is that storytelling wise you would be like if it was anybody else if it was if it was fucking uh john saxon mm-hmm. and that happened to him you'd be like story consistent like storytelling wise that doesn't make any sense why would they stop him why would they do that but because it's williams and he's a black man Mm -hmm. you don't need a reason no and it works perfectly fine like it's it's just it it is what it is which i think is 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 uh just nice that they added that in there um i love i love his line on the boat too um when they're going past like the the other islands and everything is like uh ghettos are all all this are the same all around the world yeah you know um they all smell the same and all that shit i i thought that was fucking really cool oh and then also uh fucking uh I wrote down here Kobe was a Bruce Lee of style because we get that the part with Parsons where he first walks up to Bruce Lee and mm. he's just like 
punching oh, yeah. at his face and and Bruce Lee's not like not doing anything. Yeah. And there's like a famous clip of Kobe on the court where fuck I can't remember fuck can't remember who it is, but he's standing there and they're like ready waiting to throw the ball in and then he fucking does that to Kobe's face and dude Kobe doesn't move Damn. fucking one fucking centimeter just staring at him like Damn. doesn't move at all. I was like, Dad, so sick. Well, well he was a big fan of Bruce Lee's Oh yeah, yeah. And he also trained in Jeet Kune Do too. Did he really? I yeah. did not know that. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's yeah. that's insane. A big ass motherfucker. Yeah. Jeet Kune Do. Well even bigger than him was Kareem Abdul. Yeah, no of course. Yeah. Train yeah with Bruce Lee. With yeah. Bruce Lee. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um yeah, that, that 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 part's great. What's your style? That that scene in particular is just really really great. That that whole back and forth between them, art mm-hmm. of fighting without fighting, is just fucking fantastic. Uh, what what else you got? I mean, I feel like I've been. Um, I forgot to mention the opening scene the with Chow Young Fat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the first MMA fight. You know, like or <laughs> yeah. one of the first. He's, he, yeah, he uses like judo. Yeah, and, and then I, he gets him in a crucifix. Mm-hmm. Um, he taps him. He taps. Yeah, yeah, you know, and those gloves are like MMA the gloves. first MMA gloves. Yeah. Essentially, I think that scene's fucking sick. That and you know that that was because he want he wanted that in there. Yeah, yeah. He wanted the makes sense the the mixture of all the arts, which that's what he was, you know, developing. Yeah, essentially mixed martial arts. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean he. He wanted to portray all of that stuff. I mean, other people have been doing it for years already, but he was, you know, one of the first guys, if not the first. Because there, you know, there there is people like I mean, that's what fucking. I mean, uh, that's what Ip Man's about, isn't it? Is he was a Wing Chun master, but he started using his legs and and learning other people's fucking shit as well, right? Um. Well, he was more of like a classic Wing Chun fighter. Yeah. Um, there's some kicking in Wing Chun, but mainly it's your hands. Yeah, but that's like the bit. That's the big like hubbub that they have with him in that movie is that he's starting to use like other people's like styles and shit. That they're like, oh no, you can't do that. And he's like, why not? I'm gonna kick your ass. In it, man. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, that's like like everybody's like, no, you can't do that. Blah blah. blah. Like we don't do that. And he's uh-huh. like, no, I'm just gonna fucking beat the shit out of you any way I possibly can. Uh-huh. Like, they make like a big deal about it. Yeah, I mean that was a big thing for Bruce Lee too. And then he tr- trained with with him, didn't he? He was his last uh, like teacher, people? yeah, like master. Yeah, uh, was it man? And he, that, I think he said that's who he learned the most from. That mm. made the biggest impact on him when he taught him Wing Chun. Yeah, because that was the basis for Jeet Kune Do was Wing Chun, and then he learned everything else based off of that. Uh-huh. Off of that, you know. And when he moved moved back to the states, um, you know he. Yeah, I don't want to go on a, off on a tangent, but um, that's when he started to learn boxing and wrestling, right? And all kinds of stuff. But yeah, that opening fight scene is is really cool, um, and especially it's with another martial arts legend too, slash yeah, actor, yeah. Chai Young fat. fat. Whoops, wait, not Chai Young Fat. Is it Fat Young Chow? It's Sammo Hung. Sammo Hung. What is he in? He's in It Man too. Oh, okay. He's, it's this guy. Oh, that guy. I was going to say, because you said it, and I looked at his face. I was like, that doesn't look like Chow Fat. Also, he's really fat. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Wrong, wrong dude. But um, this guy's another big martial arts deal in the, in the martial arts world uh, films. Sorry about that. Samuel Hung. Um, the, arriving to the island, there's a great shot of uh, 
I think Bolo's on the shore, and then there's a few guards, but in the forefront is the front of the boat, and then somebody standing on the front of the boat. Just that mm-hmm. shot in of itself was just uh, really, really cool, really cinematic. Um, Robert Klaus does a really good job using imagery, especially in the last scene. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there, but it's it's uh, there's a lot of cool cool looking shit in this movie. Robert Klaus, do we go over? I mean, he he's done a lot of other like noteworthy things. Or? Not that I not that I know of of by name. I don't know um, a lot of other stuff that he's done. Just mm-hmm. off the top of my head, I just um, this movie in particular I think is is pretty yeah. impressive visually. Um, the storytelling aspects of it a little bit yeah. jarring, but yeah. I mean visually the movie's pretty impressive for sure. Um, and after that's the banquet scene essentially yeah the, the the welcome dinner the welcome dinner which is very reminiscent and we like we talked about it a bunch downstairs uh mortal Kombat, the movie yeah the whole dinner scene and then fucking Sha- uh shao not shao Kahn, uh fucking uh shang sun shows up does the exact same thing yeah I was laughing. I was telling you, like, how ridiculous would it be to be one of those dudes that are just doing the worm and doing flips the entire time? And then the two sumo wrestlers who essentially are not really they're not fight big. they're not fighting. Uh, no, they're big. They're not that big, but they're not really fighting. They're literally just giving him wedgies back and forth. Because if they were really going at it, one of them would have fell off that fucking table right. at one point. And they seem to have been doing that for some time to get everybody oh. in the room eating their food, and then afterwards, when fucking Han leaves, oh bro, <laughs> just, just the whole wedgie, time. wedgie, wedgie, uh, which is which is great. Um, yeah, that's when we get that scene. Uh, then after that, everybody retreats to their rooms, yeah, and we get all the fucking uh, we get the the great William scene. I'll take you, you. you. You, I gotta conserve my energy. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. Sorry if I don't get to everybody. <laughs> it's been a long day. That sounds Time great. Um, and also John Saxon does the same thing. Well, he ends up just with that just one white one. chick. Yeah. Uh, and those scenes, those scenes are fun. Obviously, uh, Lee's looking for the operative that mm-hmm. that went in and went missing. Um. Uh, Maling, I think her name Mei-ling, is. Yeah. Maling, Maling, uh, and she gets the low down from him. And then when, uh, you pointed out the fucking. <laughs> it's not even a jump cut. It's literally they 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 were shooting in one area, and then they moved at the lighting and the placement Everything, in yeah. the room, and started rolling again, and kind of just forgot that they had <laughs> been shooting in a. I, I, what I feel like is like, oh, they went to lunch, and while they're at lunch. The fucking gaffers started moving everything, yeah. and then they came back, and they're like, "What the fuck, man? Yeah. No, it's gonna take us two hours to set all this stuff up again." Blah blah. Oh, blah. I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck, fuck it. it, we'll just do it right here." Like something like that, because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's super jarring. Oh, so the bad. lighting changes, their position in the moods in the in the room changes. It's it's really funny. Um, I don't think I would have I wouldn't noticed it, but I wouldn't have like <laughs> laughed at it if you hadn't pointed it out. <laughs> Um, really, really good stuff. Uh, Bruce Lee's first fight. Yeah. In here on the island, I mean, uh, where he ends up having to kill that guy. We talked about the Bronco stump. Mm -hmm. That's a great scene. Um, just essentially how it, how it fucking starts. Like just, he seems way OP'd in this, in this movie, like super overpowered. Even Han, even Han's not a match for him really. Uh, he's got to use all his tricks and fucking shit that he has to do. Um, but the the first fight just has some amazing things, especially the fucking roll 
up kick with that goes straight to the fucking nuts. Oh yeah, just yeah, awesome, awesome. There's no rules in the in the in these tournaments. Huh? No, there's not, and especially it, it goes to show when uh, John Saxon has to fight Bolo and he fucking bites his shin yeah. like all gnarly. Um, the bo- the Bolo killing the guard scene. Yeah, this is after Bruce Lee sneaks out the yeah. first night, um, which this is essentially what gets Williams killed. Yeah. Um, and the woman tries to tell him, we were laughing at that too. She tries to tell him like, oh, you can't go outside. And he's like, nah, I'm going to go. And yeah. she's like, well, Whatever. easy come, easy go, whatever. <laughs> it's your ass guy. Uh, Bruce Lee sneaks out, beats up a bunch of guards and the guards see, and that always pisses me off is obviously Williams dies as a result of this because Han's like, who, if it wasn't you, who else was there? And yeah. he's like, I don't fuck, I ain't fucking telling you shit. Yeah. And, uh, Beats up a few guys, but ends up fucking biting it um, when he fights Han. But, uh, you know, it pissed me off because, one, Bruce Lee's not wearing a fucking mask. No. And, two... He didn't kill all those guards. He didn't kill all of them. And, two, they could have, even if they didn't see his face and got knocked out or something... They know it's not Williams. It's not a fucking six-foot black man that beat the (laughs) shit out of him. It's a short Chinese guy. Like, fuck, what the fuck, man? Uh, but I mean, somebody's got to die, and yeah. it's the seventies, so it's gonna be Williams. We yeah. know that. Um, but yeah, that 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 whole scene uh, is pretty. It just pissed me off. Makes me mad. Yeah. Um, you were saying that you think the Ohana and Lee fight should have felt happened later. Yeah, because I mean, I know the big big fight has to has to. Uh, go down with Han, with Han, he's like the big bad. Mm-hmm. But there is more emotional attachment to the Ohana fight because he's the one that chased his sister and killed his sister. There, there's literally, I like, I bring this up again, I was listening to the um, Video Archives podcast, and they were doing a movie called The One-Arm Executioner, which sounds awesome, we should watch. And basically this guy is with his wife, and this henchman comes in, or this big boss comes in, and roughs him up, and then one of his henchmen fucking runs his wife through with the fucking samurai, and they cut off one of his arms with the samurai sword, and cut off one of his arms, and then he goes on a, like a revenge. This is like thing. a sixties. I think 70? it's uh, 80, 81. Oh, 80. Oh. Um, and he goes and he goes on a fucking revenge campaign to kill all of them. And at the end, I think uh, he doesn't even care if he gets the big boss. His emotional attachment is to the guy that fucking was like that murdered his wife. And that's I just if I hadn't heard that the night before, I don't think I would have thought about that. Mm -hmm. But it really is relevant because, you know, apart from him um, moving against the Shaolin Temple and and being a renegade against his master or whatever, the real emotional connection is to his sister. For sure. Who you know, was run down, almost raped and then killed herself before yeah, that could happen assholes, yeah. um, because of Ohana specifically. So it, it, I just think that should have been a second to last fight, if not the last fight, you know, yeah. uh, because if I'm being honest with you, I think that guy being younger and a little bit more built is a little more menacing than Han yeah, in, for in sure. general, you yeah. know, but yeah. yeah, he takes them out rather pretty quickly, pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, I I do love that Bruce Lee is as good as he is in here, but I do wish that he had a a few more challenges. Like when he's fighting like thirty people, kill all of them in one hit. Like that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But when you when you put him up against somebody like uh, like I wish he would have fought Bolo or like uh, or like somebody big like that, a bigger character. 
it would have been nice to see him struggle a little bit because yeah. other than that, he just seems OP. Like, yeah. he, he, nobody really likes to see that all that much. Yeah, it, like it could have happened. Like, you know, after after the after the he Bolo kills all the um everybody right all the guards. Then that's when they tell uh, Roper he has to fight Lee, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's, no, that's that's actually later. like way later. Later, yeah. Okay, so when they tell him he has to fight Lee, instead he fights Bolo. He wins that fight, and then if it would have happened later, Ohana and Lee fight. Yeah, and then as they're fighting, then uh, Mei Ling is freeing all the prisoners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See and that he that kills him, and then they come running yeah, out. Yeah, see that would that would have worked way better. Yeah, that would have yeah. worked way better. I think um, pacing wise, it would have worked better. I think emo- like emotional like relevance it would have it would have yeah. it would have worked a lot better instead of like and I, that's in, his first fight yeah. in the tournament yeah you and, know? and in place of where he fights ohana they could have just brought in any, another, any another dude, random any dude. dude yeah yeah any guy gave yeah. him a little bit of like panage but yeah. other than that yeah i think that 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 is a huge misstep on the on the story mm-hmm. beats uh it just it just would have been way more gratifying if that fight was built up and like maybe they had like a few more interactions, bumping shoulders yeah, yeah. and him taunting him, right. saying something to him Ooh, about his sister good, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, it, I think it would have worked a lot better. Yeah, they don't really show the emotion behind it, um, behind Lee's face when he sees. I mean, he his face does change when he sees Ohana. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, he changes his face. He goes, "Oh shit, there he is." Mm-hmm. But yeah, like they should have like showed it another scene where he's just like. Or maybe they want they don't want to show that you know maybe he's hiding that emotion so much like he's doesn't want to show it I yeah I don't know if they I, they I don't th- want to go with that on purpose yeah I don't you know? I, I'm not sure I think I I think it would have been more engaging the other way around or just not even you're right maybe not even alluding to it like showing the emotion but just how Bruce Lee might react when he's alone and thinking about it, if he thinks about another fucking time. It, it would have been, you know what also been nice is a flashback of him and his sister together yeah. to show that emotional connection even yeah. more. That would have been cool. Um, and then just have that happen yeah. closer to the end, like yeah. you said. The only reason why I think they didn't want to really show that is because it would contradict what he was telling the kid. When he's telling him to hit him, he's that's like, true. hit me. He's like, not, with, not anger. Yeah, yeah, Emotional content. Yeah, yeah. Not anger, and then so. But see, that's that's the thing too. Is like okay, so obviously Bruce Lee is Bruce Lee, and we know that's Bruce Lee. Yeah. But that's one thing that maybe he might have lacked storytelling wise is that you need to understand for an audience to be uh, connected to characters, they have to feel like they could be that person. Mm-hmm. Whereas nobody is a fucking master all wise and everything without flaws and everything yeah. like that. So that character growth of him struggling with listening to his own advice and then overcoming that struggle yeah. and then like fucking achieving his goals that way, yeah. I think would have just been a little bit more emotionally connecting to, to an audience yeah. um, who aren't fucking martial arts yeah. masters, you know? I think, I think it's funny though, because you know, from people talking about, that knew him personally yeah and his wife saying on how he was in real life mm-hmm. and day to day um it was a lot different from obviously from his character yeah, yeah, his persona because he did have a short temper yeah and he did like to fight mm-hmm. like even though how he, could i mean how could you not if you're yeah. that fucking good I'd <laughs> like, be like oh i'm gonna beat the shit yeah. out of this dude. even though like he wouldn't like always take the challenges yeah, like, yeah. and that's something we should talk about um later on after we hit all the scenes but um 
even though he would like turn down challenges yeah. and that's not because he's like oh peace brother you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah no it's because he's like dude i don't need to fight you yeah but you're beneath me at the end of the day he was always like okay let's go <laughs> <laughs> because then you know he did like to fight like, yeah yeah he grew up like that he, he even before he learned how to fight mm-hmm. or uh, even before he learned martial arts, yeah, he, he used to get in street fights all yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah. He that he that was just always in him, mm-hmm. and he was always down. He was just like, all right. <clears throat> but I think that's probably why his character the, the scene where doesn't he, show that the scene yeah. where he fights uh, oh uh, Ohana is um is it Ohana or Ohara? Well, it says Ohara on the thing, but I think that's just, it sounds like Ohana, but I think that's how Han's pronouncing oh, it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I mean, whatever. I'm just going to call him Ohana. Uh the scene where he fights him, I find it uh the few the few it's it's close, close, close and then wide shot. So like the few times he's hitting him just one time, mm-hmm. it's it's all very like medium shot. You don't even see a lot of the strikes because the, the camera's so close on them. Yeah. So it goes three times, and then finally when they have like a little back and forth, and then he starts using his legs more. Mm-hmm. It's a wide shot, and I and like that's where you see him, Ohana really start falling apart and like getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And I, I I noticed that, and I was because at first when they showed the first part of it, I was like I couldn't even see what he did to him. Yeah. But I think it's from the perspective of Ohana. He doesn't know no, what's, what's happening to him because yeah. it's happening so fucking fast. He yeah. can't see what's going on. Yeah. Whereas he composes himself and and, and doesn't get a, a strike on Bruce Lee, but he actually has Bruce Lee blocking him and yeah. shit like that. So that's where he could see what's going on mm-hmm. in the fight. And then he gets his ass kicked anyway. And then yeah. it's back to close-ups and you can't even see. Because at that point... I don't know if Ohana's on his back or on his fucking on, uh, he's probably on his back on, yeah. on his back or on his stomach, but they just show Bruce Lee jump up in the air and fucking dude basically blow out his fucking rib cage and yeah. crush all his organs, <laughs> which <Ooh>. is gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I was telling you at that after that scene, that comes from a World War Two combative right, 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 uh, yes, hand, what you're a field ma- manual on on combat, which. Uh, uh, on the surface is an insane place to get uh, a move for somebody you think would be as well versed in combat as mm-hmm. Bruce Lee. But you, you were saying he was just such a student of combat. Oh, He's yeah. just researching every everything and anything yeah. and utilizing them, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, I, wonder what, I wonder what a World War II veteran thought when they saw <laughs> that. They're like, hey! I did that to that guy! <laughs> Like, well, this guy really does know his shit. Uh, this guy's all right in my book. <laughs> I did that to one of his relatives. Oh, Fuck shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I love when he goes on the on the the scout mission or the spy mission. The first time or the second time? Both. Both times. Okay. Um, well, I was gonna, about to bring up the second time because the nunchuck guy. Yeah. 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 I just like at first, you know, he he goes and I just I just uh, I don't know. I think it, I think he's not. It's not his suit's not black, huh? It's like it's a like dark, blue. dark blue. Yeah, and yeah. he's not even wearing a suit. He's wearing pants and a sweater. Is oh. basically what he's wearing because <laughs> he because he's wearing the same thing the second time. And then he takes off his he takes off his sweater because it gets ripped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that that whole part. Um, yeah, the second part's night, uh, dude. When he's sneaking around in the fucking 
We know for sure. Oh, yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. way that was in the script that the guard comes in swinging his fucking his nunchucks and then fucking hits the big ass metal oh. metal line. He's like, oh, and then puts him away and just keeps. I'm so, kudos for that guy to that have happened, and then he just keeps rolling with it. Yeah, and just doesn't doesn't like. Oh, are we cutting? Yeah. Are we cutting now? Uh, all that heat stuff check. For yeah, that guy? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heat check for sure. Uh, in and out, not cared at all. He's the second Kobe Bryant in this movie. Yes, yeah. not cared by it at all. The second uh, sneak out was basically the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, before he gets caught, and he gets caught in the fucking in the room that Han keeps him. I just saw the reminiscence of Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. He gets caught in that room. All the doors slide down, and then he sits down and almost in a meditative mm-hmm. fucking state because he's like, "I ain't going anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to okay. conserve my energy and do that." Similar things happen in the Phantom Menace last battle. They're running through, but of course, in Star it's Star Wars, so they're laser doors, yeah, uh, <laughs> like force fields. And then the Jedi take takes a knee and starts like yeah. meditating before he gets back into the fight. I just I, I thought that was a cool parallel. I'm not exactly sure if uh, George Lucas intended it to be like that, but I knows? mean, hey, I this, mean, he's he's why not? Yeah, he studied a lot of a lot of film stuff. Um, yeah, we're we're closer to the end of the movie now than mm-hmm. anything else. Uh, before we talk about the great mirror scene, is there anything else um, that you have in there that we need to talk about? Um, not that it's like that cool or that I like it that much, but just the the interaction that Roper has with Han. When oh he, yeah, when he shows, when him, he the shows lair, him, yeah, yeah, shows him his you know all the secrets and shit, and thinks that Roper's gonna fuck with him. Yeah, which he might have. You know, because Robert's kind of like a he sketchy se- he guy, seems but du- he seems pretty dubious. Like, yeah. uh, you don't really know. Yeah, you know what I think it is more than anything. <laughs> he just like no, I I think it's the eyebrows. <laughs> I think his eyebrows leave him very like far into interpretation of what is this guy thinking. Yeah, what is, and then you know he, he's 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 a gambler. He loves yeah. gambling. Yeah, yeah. Um, likes the danger of it all. Likes the danger, and you know he he has interactions with Lee, but they're kind of like cheek and tongue. And yeah, you get the idea that maybe he might fuck with him, but until until he, he sees, sees Williams, he sees, sees Williams, yeah. yeah. And you pointed it out his reactions to seeing Williams yeah. is really believable. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's his friend, but like we said, it's a pretty graphic image of yeah. this dude just fucking lynched, uh, hanging above a. What could essentially be a pit of fucking laser sharks with lasers yeah. on their head, which is what I said is like I'm getting a lot of fucking uh, yeah. Austin Powers vibes in this movie. The sneaking around, the, obviously the score, yeah, um, so just, many influences. The dudes with the with the dolly putting barrels yeah, on the dolly, yeah, yeah, just just a bunch of stuff, yeah, uh, which was which was really cool. Um, obviously, they both get caught, and then they're supposed to fight each other to death. They don't want to do it, so they got to take on yeah. Bolo, and then the the prisoners get released, and then the fucking the fight's the on. whole fucking fight breaks out, yeah. which is which is cool. Uh, and then yeah, uh, Han seeing his whole fucking like kingdom and everything getting broken around around him, he fucking books it. Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee goes after him. Um, and we get a really great fight in the like what I I don't know what you call it, like the trophy, trophy room, room yeah. trophy room, which is fucking really cool. Uh, Hans getting overmatched, especially his fucking hand came off in the wood. I think it's cool that he switches it. I thought times. I thought that That's that was sick. so fucking cool as yeah. a kid. That that it, that stands in line with me with Batman 
having different suits for different occasions. Mm-hmm. Same thing that Iron Man, like if you've seen his, like if you've seen the comics, if you've seen, you know, old shit, they incorporate it in the movies a little bit, but they it never utilize it uh, as much as I wanted. But he's got different suits for underwater or doing a bunch of different yeah. shit, like going in a volcano or whatever. And that was a, a early version of that, that I thought was just, as a kid, just so fucking cool. Yeah. I wanted to see him use all the hands, all the hands, in, yeah. in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, there's even that one little fist and it looks like it has like a, a something for like a chain on oh, it yeah, so you yeah. could like swing it. Like I wanted to see all of it. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, you're right. I, it just seemed really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get that fight. And then obviously as he's feeling overmatched, uh, he pulls out that spear mm-hmm. and, and pushes it through the wall. But we were watching, we were watching that fight. And first of all, he does like, he, I think he misses the first like flying kick. And the second yeah. one, he hits him right in the fucking right, face. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, the way they filmed it. I was like, all right, he's just going to hold his leg out and we're going to pan the camera over. And then yeah. you've got to launch your fucking face at this yeah. guy's foot. I don't, I don't understand how essentially how they would have done it any yeah. different than that. Yeah, really. Um, and then there's the, the, um, uh, one kick to the head, and we were like, "Oh, right he, after that, oh, yeah. the the doll, the, yeah. yeah, that's what it was." Like, yeah. all right, just kick the shit out of this doll, and it like, <laughs> it's a real. The, it cuts so quickly that you only see the doll for a second, and you just see Bruce Lee's fucking <laughs> almost go through the fucking <laughs> doll. And we're like, "Oh, dude, he's dead!" Like, yeah. he would be dead after that. That's what's badass is that he's he's putting his whole body into oh, the kick. Oh, dude, yeah, so like, for just sure. Go for it, yeah. And you see the true power of that fucking kick, man. dude. That it's thing like, gets annihilated. You're done, dude. And then uh, <laughs> after that, that guy's like uh, Hans, like fucking on his last limb, and fucking he he's got him in the headlock, does a scorpion yeah, kick on him, sick. and then he's got to go through the wall into the mirror into the mirror room yeah. or whatever. And that's such an iconic, oh, yeah. you know, scene and. We had seen it a bunch of times before, and we were all like, just puzzled, like, how the fuck did they do this? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was saying, not only, not only are the actors moving through the set, but there's mirrors pointed in every which direction. And you brought it up at first, like, how do they do that without us seeing the camera? Mm-hmm. And Jerry pointed out, and the lighting too. The lighting, I didn't even think about that, and that had to have been with that many mirrors in there lighting is just difficult enough to do in a regular room how you want it anyway Mm -hmm. and i was just like jesus christ that's fucking that's right like this is this is insane so you know before we started you're like dude you got to look that up look it up essentially what they did was uh instead because i when we were down there i was like not only are they in this room with all these mirrors the, the the actors are moving and then the camera moves it's it's panning over and in order to do it, it, it pans, but it also looks like it's on a track. So in order for it to do that, the whole camera physically would have to move. And I was like, I don't understand how they did this. So essentially what they did, the camera is not moving. They built the closet with all the mirrors in it. And they cut a rack hole in the walls to stick the lens through. So when the camera runs on a track, the camera's not actually moving. They actually move the entire the entire closet to mm-hmm. to move the camera and the hole for the for the lens is so small that it you can't see it in the shot wow. which is pretty fucking ingenious to be honest with you yeah, and i was sitting there and i was thinking about how difficult it must have been but essentially there's an easy solution it would have just taken a fucking mastermind to figure out how to do it yeah but once you like think about it you're like oh that makes perfect fucking sense you mm-hmm. know um but that's the magic of movie making that's it's fucking really cool incredible um 
yeah, that whole last scene's fucking really cool. And then, like we said, you know, he's having trouble fighting this guy because he's essentially fucking fighting him in a hall of mirrors, yeah. which is really hard. And uh, the way he does it is by destroying the image, which is what his master tells back. him at the beginning of the movie. Remember he's breaking, he's breaking. Instead of looking at all these reflections, he breaks all the fucking mirrors, and now he can see which Han is a true Han mm-hmm. and fucking fighting him. And then in the end, you know, he gives him that fucking powerful kick, and he just impales himself on his own fucking weapon. Yeah, and uh, just how fucking cool it is that he's. Doesn't look at him, doesn't acknowledge him, walks just right walks past, past him, pushes the door open, walks out, and then he's just <laughs> left there spinning impaled on the fucking wall. Just, oh, yeah. so fucking cool, man. I, I, I always love, too, though, uh, Lee's expression, expressions when he, the two people he kills. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not that he wants to. No, definitely it's that not. It just, you know, it just. That's, that's what. Because when he kicks him onto the spear. Yeah. His face is like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. That's why uh, I actually asked you before the movie, because it had been so long since I've seen either of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, it, this is the one where he fights Chuck Norris in, in the Coliseum? You're like, no, that's the way the dragon. I was like, oh, okay. Because that scene, too, is like, he gives Chuck Norris so many times to walk away from yeah. the fight, oh, but yeah, Chuck yeah. Norris won't fucking do it. So he's like, all right, motherfucker, I got to fucking kill you, yeah. I guess. And, yeah. like, it's, that, it, it's the same. Him... It's a recurring theme, I think, for him. Him taking life and him fucking killing people. He's never like, happy about it. Yeah, yeah, never. It's it's not something that should be done. But if you know, you gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. But maybe Ohana. Maybe uh, he wanted it. Yeah, he wanted yeah, 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 yeah. But I, even then, his face is. I still mean, like, he d- he does it because he's on his back. I don't see Ohana getting up. Yeah. Um, and he does it, and maybe. It's not until he sees that dude fucking blow his lungs out of his mouth uh, <laughs> that he's like, oh, oh shit, shit, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? What a way to kill somebody, <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> They're, like, crawling away. Yeah. Fucking, just, fuck you. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's essentially the whole movie. He, he walks out on the beach, him and fucking uh, Roper give each other the nod and the thumb yeah. and fucking... The army shows up way too late yeah. to do anything about it. It's over with, guys. <laughs> it's just and they're then, just there to take the credit. Yeah, like the every movie, other fucking movie. The movie essentially ends. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's pretty much the movie. The movie's straightforward. Yeah, it really is. There's yeah. nothing. There, there's a few sequences that I think go on for a little. I think the chase with the sister goes on a little too long too. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, it, it's it it essentially says what it wants to say really really straightforward yeah um and it's fucking really entertaining just super entertaining there's there's really likable characters in it um bruce lee like we said is just absolutely fucking magnetic every every time he's on screen you want to know what he's going to say you Mm want to know how he's going to move it's it's great it's great we didn't mention uh because there's really not that many like great Quotes. I mean, there are, but not. Oh yes, yes, like yes, other yes, movies that, that I know the one. Quote, I know the one that that, that you know you, that we quote all the time. Like half my page of notes is, is quotes, quotes yes. and this one's not that yeah, many. Really not. Um, I know you're gonna say, but boards, we can take this boat. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but boards don't hit back. Yeah, that's that's just iconic uh, as fuck. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I've seen it in other. I think uh, there's a. It's not that same line, but uh, other stuff. In um, Cowboy Bebop and I think Samurai Champloo, they use they use the same sentiment 
for that as well. Mm-hmm. A bunch of different stuff. Bolo and Bloodsport says it. Yeah, yeah. But all oh, he, yeah, yeah, he, he, he does. changes it to Brick. Yeah. He's all, Brick, don't hit back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and which is great. It's awesome, yeah. Uh, anything else before we, we wrap up? Um, another another quote too, real fast before he decides he's gonna fuck Han up is "You've offended my family." Yeah, and you've offended the Shaolin Temple. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all he says. He's like, "Let's go now. Let's go, motherfucker." <laughs> yep, man. A few words. Oh yeah, you don't need words when you got fists. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so la- last episode. We did something, or I did something that I, I would like to incorporate going forward, and I mentioned it to you downstairs. But basically, I mean, this movie does take place in the seventies, and it really wraps up in a nice, neat little package. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it'd be fun if going forward, um, any movie, regardless of if it does or doesn't have one, uh, we should try to give the movie a genuine nineteen seventies ending where things aren't happy okay. and they end up fucked up. So. I'm going to tell you mine. You don't really have to listen to me if you don't want. Uh, just try to think of something yours. Okay. Uh, so essentially, uh, after the the Coast Guard comes in after this, all the white guys are so racist that they can't tell the Asian people apart, and they just arrest everybody. And uh, Lee goes to jail for the rest of his life. <laughs> They're like, we caught you, Mr. Han. It's like, no, I'm Lee, remember? Like, you yeah, all yeah, look the yeah. same to me. And yeah. That's my ending. <laughs> so this is basically a kung fu version of Night of the Living Dead. Pretty much, yes, yes, exactly like that. Or, thank you, thank you for for saying that. Yeah, yeah they think he's a zombie. Yeah, yeah, not, you all look the him. same to me. Kill him. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Essentially, I uh, I don't think you gave me enough time to think of a fucking. <laughs> all right. Well, I didn't mind this time. Next uh, time, when, yeah. when, we, when we do new movies, just after the movie's done, try to think of it. like same way we try to remember before, like remember when we first saw it before okay. and stuff like that. So next next movie going forward, try to think of one, and then we'll do we'll do it there. Um. So other than that, we'll do what we always do at the end. Uh, this movie, prequel, remake, or sequel. Definitely not a remake. Um, I would probably go. I don't know. I don't know how. Oh uh, well. Okay, if I say remake, I would be like. At first, I was like, "How interesting would Lee's life have been before?" Yeah. But then it might have been pretty interesting. I mean, because, he's a fucking shell and monk, dude. But but that's the thing. Maybe he went there to find peace. Ah, yeah. Okay. Because he was running wild. I like that. I like that idea for yeah. sure. So you get it's like a fucking Samurai X to Rioni Kenshin situation, which is I don't know if you know what that is, but no. So there's this there's this anime called Rioni Kenshin about this samurai who uh, he's super duper famous for being like fucking the craziest samurai murders a bunch of people, mm-hmm. but he's since given it up and he's got a two sided blunt, like a two blunt sided sword. Mm-hmm. So he goes to this village and he's like nomadic for a while. And then he goes to his village and meets a cast of characters and stays there for a long time and fucking saves them every time criminals or people like show up or do something crazy. Um, but the pre like the prequel animated that, that came out afterwards is called Samurai X and it's about him before he gave up violence and mm. he's fucking super gnarly and murders 
murders everybody. Nice. It's pretty cool. That's so it was sick. essentially like kind of like that, okay. which I think is uh, yeah, I'd, I'd watch that movie. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why the 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 British intelligence goes there in the first place because they know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Like we heard you've been here. I like I like that. That's yeah. a, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I think um, that saves me from having to do mine. Um, what were you gonna say? No, I I, I didn't really have anything oh. in mind. Uh, I was had to had to think about it for a second, which like I said, so next next. Next ones we'll we'll try to think of that prequel sequel or or uh, I know we mentioned what movie we might do next so I know what I would want to do for that one, uh, but also so we'll do prequel sequel or remake and we'll do seventies ending for both of them so we'll watch the movies and we'll try and fucking okay. do that same thing, but uh, yeah I think that's the whole podcast that one was really fun man yeah, uh, it was. especially because I hadn't seen this movie in so long and you're so well versed in Bruce Lee and everything is. Super fun. I, um, I just want to say one thing real sure, quick. Sure, yeah. I just want to give thanks to the memory of Bruce Lee and, you know, the impact he had on my life. Yeah, and so many other people's lives. And countless others. Um, it almost seems so cliche and so, you know, almost boring mm-hmm. for people to say why they got into martial arts. But it's just no, undeniable it's, it, yeah, how really, much of an it, it impact really this man had. You know, and, you know, I... I'm not trying to be Bruce Lee. I'm not trying to be, you know, anybody. Yeah. But as far as the impact he had on me and, like, the influence that I got from it mm-hmm. to want to learn martial arts, yeah. you know, and I don't know it all and I'm still learning, but definitely I wouldn't have met a lot of the people I've met yeah. through martial yeah. arts if it wasn't for Bruce Lee and giving me, like, the the drive to want to learn. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, you know, it's just you can't put a – a price on it and it's yeah just, man it's it's, it's awesome. invaluable yeah that's it's absolutely true um and i know that's the truth for a lot of people you said it's cliche but cliches are usually cliches for a reason yeah. because and that's that's kind of the way that things work out one of my friends gilbert uh-huh. uh he was the one he was one of the guys that i did the podcast before that i had mm-hmm. with uh brian and him yeah um realm of madness uh anyway he is a longtime friend, and he was learning real quick. Just I gotta mention him if we're talking about Bruce yeah, Lee. Yeah, yeah. Um, he knew I was a big Bruce Lee fan, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I was like twenty years old, maybe. Um, and he was learning Jeet Kune Do, and he came to me and he's like, "Hey, dude, I know you're a big Bruce Lee fan, yeah, and I know like you've mentioned about you know Jeet Kune Do, you've been wanting to learn about it, yeah." Was and that the first martial art that you t- that you learned? I I I technically learned uh, for like about a month. I took taekwondo. In, every in every every grade. little kid, yeah. 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 I took karate for like two months, and then I took jujitsu. Yeah. when I was nineteen for mm-hmm. like about a month, mm-hmm. and then about a year later, then that's when I learned Jeet Kune Do with Gilbert, and um, and he got me into it. He's like, I know you're a big Bruce Lee fan. Yeah, and he goes, Hey man, he's like, I've been learning with this guy. Um, he goes like. I, I know his name's ba- Rex Kwando. Yeah, he's like I know the basics. He's like you want to learn. Yeah, he goes and and you know I never tried to seek out Jeet Kune Do schools. It's because you out. I, yeah, I was like, dude, like it, it seems like a, like such a niche thing. Yeah, that that's true. It's not that's a big true. thing, yeah. you know, like karate yeah. or jujitsu. And even and even boxing. and even still even still like back in the day, like uh, before high school, jujitsu. I remember um, going to my dad's house and one of my cut my. My dad and his brother lived there with my grandma, and and uh, one of my cousins was there, 
and he was talking about jujitsu. And I think I, the only time I heard of what jujitsu was or heard the, the term jujitsu was from the Matrix. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. and at the time, I had no fucking idea what it was. Yeah. And he was talking about how fucking great it was and like how it's the ultimate fucking martial art yeah. and everything. And I was like, man, fuck you, crowd. He's better. Because I had no fucking idea. I had, I had no, yeah. no clue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, even before... Uh, high school because high school that's when MMA became really popular, UFC became really popular, and Jiu-Jitsu was was really huge. Mm-hmm. But that was like niche to me. So Jikundo, on top of that, what you're saying even is even more. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm kind of glad it happened that way, so organically. Mm-hmm. And I, I basically was just like, if I ever learn this stuff, it's going to be because it just presents itself to me i'm not gonna like, yeah i'm not gonna seek and it, it out did. and it totally did and at the perfect time um and you know i i've i've been learning it off and on for the last 10 11 years yeah but you know and i met a great teacher from gilbert um his name's steven Russell, and i i met him from gilbert and then that like furthered my training yeah and then it, and then that got me to learn other shit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after that. But yeah, I just, uh, I'd, I'd be upset if I didn't mention that part since we're talking about Bruce Lee and influence and all that. No, of stuff. course. And that's uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode with you is because I know how big of a Bruce Lee friend you are. And then obviously you've, I know you've been training different martial arts for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So your take on it is, is obviously helpful when we're doing this because i i don't know that much about martial arts and then um i knew that you would have something actually like very poignant to say about Mm -hmm. what it means to you um which i'm glad you i'm glad you brought it up but uh yeah i think that wraps it up for us here uh stay tuned next week we'll have another episode out for you um tell your friends tell your family they can follow us on instagram at played again men underscore pod and uh tiktok at the same at and for Play It Again, man, I'm Steven Valdez. Jason Brunez. And we'll see you at the movies next week, man.